Welcome to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon, the Deacon of Real Estate in the Pittsburgh area. We know him, we love him. Alex, how are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I, we, you know, we're hanging in there on this Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, normally, it's a Friday taping day. We're taping on Monday today. Yes. So let's get into some business types. So Friday, we like to have a little fun. That's our mo on Fridays. Mm -hmm. Let's get down to brass tacks today. Friday's fun day. Friday's fun day. Monday's manic Monday, I guess. Right. So All right. we're gonna drive everyone into a mania today when, when we talk about this because Alex, I got a statement for you. And we're going to discuss. And people at home, their heads might explode. What but would that statement be, Adam? The statement is, yes. is my bold take, mm -hmm. as they say in the sports world. Yeah. It's not all about the cash flow. Oh, it is not all about the cash flow. It's not? Absolutely. Though? No, it is not. Ex now, everything you read... Oops, I'm getting... I've got some printing going on in the background. I'm printing money. That's, that's exactly what we're doing. So... Yeah, every if you even if you know I talked to my accountant and he's and he tells me it's all about the cash flow. And he is absolutely 100% correct. But I'm going to give you some different scenarios here that will tell you otherwise because it is is it, when you're starting out, okay? And in and, and if you're as you say if you're starting out and you're on a shoestring budget like I was when I started, then yeah, it is all about the cash flow because if you're not cash flowing, you're not able to take any sort of um, any sort of repair, any sort of uh, tenant issue, anything that can go wrong, puts you in a financial. Uh, it puts you behind the eight ball. You just don't have the equity. Or you finances. don't have the wherewithal yeah. to to support a losing property. Okay, like I got into that. That situation when I was younger, I bought, I bought a bunch of properties and I lost a lot of money per month. And it put me in a situation where, you know, I had to sell some properties. I never had to, you know, I never had to clear bankruptcy, never had to miss a mortgage payment. But I had to sell some good properties to pay for the bad ones. It was kind of weird because I had equity in the good properties no equity in the bad properties and I had to sell the good ones in order to continue making payments on the bad Ooh. ones. It kind of sucked, but it put me behind the eight ball for, for a number of years. So, in that case, you want a cash flow. You want a cash flow on every property if possible. Of course, right? It's just obvious. Now, where cash flow isn't as important is when you might, if you have a steady stream of income, let's say you're a, you're a person making two hundred thousand dollars a year at your current job, right? Or even a hundred thousand, or eighty thousand, whatever it is. If you're making eighty thousand and you're living well below your means, or you're making two hundred thousand and you're living like a millionaire, I'd rather be the person making eighty thousand, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're living below your means, you're saving yep. money, you're. Yep. you're, you're you respect money, you don't love it, but you respect what it can do for you. So it doesn't matter how much you make. It's no matter how much you spend and what your lifestyle you live. Simplicity can be a good thing. Sometimes. So what I'm saying is when you when you own a property and you don't, if that property loses money for six months, it's not going to hurt you because in the long run, that property is going up in value. Mm -hmm. So for example, I have a portfolio of you know well over 100 units right now. Some of them are dogs. I mean, some of them are just losers. But I've held on to them for such a long time, and I'm able to do that because all my other properties might make up for the deficit. And in the long run, if you wait long enough, 
real estate appreciation will dig you out of any hole, right? It will, historically speaking, it always goes up. Mm -hmm. So I own three properties right now, and I use them as examples. Um, one was a duplex I bought. When I first started out, my second purchase was a duplex. I had no idea what I was doing. I literally just, I got lucky with this one. I walked into this one. I was driving, I was literally riding my bike one day. <laughs> I wasn't like 12 or 13. <laughs> I was like 25, but I was just riding my bike, bike getting some exercise. This for sale sign came up. I called on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is right down the street from a three unit that I own. So I bought this duplex for $90,000. The owner held a mortgage. So he owned a free and clear, so he held a mortgage all we had to do was put down 10, 10%. So we put down 10%. The 10% that I put down, I borrowed that. I think I had a line of credit or a credit card or something. So essentially, the owner held 90% of the loan. I borrowed the other 10 I bought it with zero money down. For 15 years, during the time this was amortized, over 15 years, I never made any money. It just broke even every month, right? I might even have lost a little money over a 15-year period. But after 15 years... And a little bit of repairs and upgrades I did there, and I added a garage that added value. You know, the garage cost me eight grand. It added fifteen thousand dollars worth of value. That property today, now twenty-three years later, because I bought it twenty-three years ago or twenty-four years ago, it's paid off. The loan was paid off in fifteen years. It cash flows right because mm -hmm. I don't have a mortgage, and it's worth close to two hundred thousand dollars. So you see, for fifteen years, while I had a mortgage, I didn't make any money. Right, but and I invested zero dollars because I borrowed the ten percent down, and this is this is like what we talk about in the zero money down mm -hmm. podcast and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, I lost. I I made money. I didn't make zero money. I probably lost money for fifteen years. I worked for free, but I did when I first started out. I did all my repairs. You know, I had to rent the place. I had to show it. Um, but now that property is worth. $200,000 and I get a nice check every month because of cash flows. So that's where cash flow, if I would have sold that property because it wasn't cash flowing, what would I have done with it? What would I have done with that money? I would have had to invest it Sorry, elsewhere, right. right? Which is possible. But patience and a little bit of luck in this case, and because I bought a good property, just kind of got lucky because I didn't know what I was doing. But I could, you know, I really couldn't afford to lose money on that property. But for some reason, I kept that one. It was just a good one. I was able to keep it. Mm -hmm. And it way, way paid for itself. Right? So that's one example. Another example would be a property that I bought in 2005. So it's 13 or so years ago. 2006, I bought it. It's a nine-unit building. Uh, we paid like two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand. On, in this building, we had to put down, I think it was 10 or 15%. The owner held uh, some of the mortgage, too. Back, like, before 2008, before the, the mortgage crash and real estate crash, you could, the owners could hold a mortgage, like a second mortgage. Okay. Bank, banks okay. shy away from that now. Okay. So the owner held a second mortgage. So we put down maybe $35,000. On this property, to this day, I, I make zero money. In fact, I probably lose maybe 50 to $100 a month. I lose $50 to $100 a month. And now it'll be paid off in three years, right? 
in three years, it'll be worth $400,000. Wow. Okay. So I turned a thirty dollars to $35,000 investment in 15 years into $400,000. And remember, it's paid off now. It's going to cash flow. So it's going to be a steady income stream. So again, negative cash flow, it paid off, right? Right. Because I was patient. And I had to wait. Okay? Some people don't have that patience, and some people financially can't wait. Right. I understand that. So it's not for everybody. And then the third one was a property I bought in 2007. It's 2007-ish. I might be here off here or there. But it's a nice townhome. Uh, it was an upper upscale townhome that we paid like 205. It was worth about 240. So we really got a good deal on that one. It's not again. I make no money on this. It breaks even. It'll be paid off in four years or so. And in four years, we paid 205. In four years, it's going to be worth 400 to 425. So you see, I took three properties that. Now that one I put 20% down. We okay. we put 20% down which was $45,000 because you know closing costs and everything. Right. So yeah, I had to tie up $45,000, right? I don't like to do that now. I don't like to tie up that kind of money and have negative cash flow or or loot or even break even. Right. But on a quality property like that, I would do that again. Okay. I would do that again if I had the money to invest. Knowing what I know now, because just remember something: I can invest that forty-five thousand, that down payment. Then, in six months to a year, since I got such a good deal on it, I have equity in that property, so I can get that money back. So it just ties up that money for a short time. Then I can refinance it, or I can get a, a blanket loan and refinance a bunch of properties, or some sort of line of credit on the equity that I have. Okay. But this is these are three scenarios. And I have others, but these were probably the, the ones that came to mind that are probably the best. Where I took properties that were worth, let's just add them up, two fifty three, like $550,000, give or take. And now they're worth absolutely, or they will be worth in three years when they're all paid off, way over a million dollars. Like probably 1.1 maybe Whoa. or so. With very little money down, but I lost money or or broke even on these properties for 15 years, right? So most people don't want to hear that. They don't They don't get into real estate to lose money or break even. Right. But if you did what I just did with these three properties, let's say 10 times, you did these three properties, but 10 times, you're a multi-multi-millionaire yep. and you are cash flowing well more than you need to live a comfortable life. Playing along again. And that's when cash flow is not always king. Okay. Now, with, with and this is, I know there's no real answer to this, but that's why I'd rather get your opinion on this. But, you know, when when it's not all about the cash flow, it's really more about patience than anything else. And being able to sit, it sounds like, on a property and letting it appreciate over time. Mm-hmm. When people cannot do that, is it more because they lack the patience? Or do you find that people typically run into money matters where they have to hurry up and get rid of properties that they don't that they maybe would not have wanted it's to. a combination okay yeah sometimes like i was in this i i, I shared with you the situation i was in mm-hmm. where i i couldn't wait right if i waited i couldn't make payments on bills and cars exactly. and health insurance i couldn't do it so 
I understand that. This is not for everybody. This is not for every scenario. Mm -hmm. But if you can wait, sometimes, like I still own properties that then I'm upside down with, right? Mm -hmm. That that lose money. I have one single family home that loses like 400 a month. I bought it to flip it. I made some mistakes. I shouldn't have bought it. Timing was wrong. Whatever. Right. You make mistakes. You have to live with them and learn from them. So this property I rent I rent out for like 2000 a month and I'm still losing money. So but it's it's a hard one to sell. It's like I could sell it and get lucky and that's what I was that's because I didn't do my homework. But I could sell it now and get lucky and, and make a nice profit. But I have somebody in there, they're paying off the mortgage. I'm losing four hundred dollars a month on that one, but I'm making a thousand on another one or two hundred on, okay. on this one or two hundred on that one. So I'm just letting that loss ride because that property's doing nothing but going up in value. Okay. I'm writing off the losses on any on any income I'm writing off the I'm able to write off depreciation and things like that right okay, okay. so that's the other thing that I didn't talk about on these three properties that I bought I'm writing off a huge amount of income liability on my tax returns with with depreciation so you're able to depreciate this asset over 27 and a half years so I'm able to write off a nice chunk of money every year that's basically tax deductible that I wouldn't have if I didn't own real estate. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Interesting. So your question was, you know, is it, is it a combination or is it, is it just a matter of patience or it, it depends if you have the financial wherewithal and the real estate IQ to understand what I understand, then I can afford to hold on to some properties mm -hmm. knowing that there's going to be value. I have some in my portfolio right now that I'm selling. I want gone because I don't see any, I don't see any upside, at least short term, five to ten years. Right. I, I don't see it, and I'm like, well, I could take that money I have tied up in there, and do something greater with it. That so would, that it it depends for me. Even I still have some in my portfolio that I want to sell now because they're just dogs all the way around. Do you envision it about five to ten years in the future, or do you, you know, is that where you base it off of typically, or do you think like, you know, what maybe no, fifteen that, to twenty? No, that depends. Or? Okay, that depends. Yeah, it, if, if I'm if I own like some of these, I own in really good school districts, and there there's just highly unlikely that anything bad is going to happen to hurt that market. It's always going to go up. There are some I own in some some rough areas that I foresee economic development and some growth and potential huge appreciation yeah. those ones i'll hold on to and suffer the what i have to suffer with now right but some that i have that i see no upside i see no economic development i just i don't see it or feel it then it's time to take my losses unload them take that equity and put it to good use right gotcha very good very good. Very informative, my friend. All right, brother. I thought that was a good one, and I don't want to. I don't want to mislead anybody. And and of course, cash flow is absolutely something you need to look at. But it's not everything. It's not the end all. There are properties that have some intrinsic value that you don't see, and then there's a lot of things that you don't see, like like tax um, liabilities that can be written off, and you don't see or you don't factor in appreciation 
and you don't factor in, okay, my property's appreciating, so it's going up in value. And then every month, I'm paying that mortgage, and my balance is going down. Gotcha. So your spread is growing, gotcha. too. Gotcha, okay. So it, that's where the patience factor comes in, and your real estate IQ, just knowing and understanding it. But if you're a person of, I want instant gratification, then real estate is definitely not for you. Because I get that a lot, husband and wives... And sometimes it's the wife that it wants to be aggressive and, yeah. and, and invest, and yeah. sometimes it's the husband. And a lot of times, a lot of times, they're not on the same page. One is the bipolar, you know, like the polar Pull opposite. Off. Yeah. Maybe one's bipolar too. It could be, but usually, <laughs> could be, could, could be the polar opposite, and that happens a lot. So if you have like a spouse or significant other or a partner who's opposite, then sometimes that's you have to. Um, Maybe nip that in the butt before you even buy something. Right. Because this is not a game of, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm-hmm. This is not instant gratification game. It's long term. But it's a game that I love and, and I I would never tell anybody not to get into it. But you just have to know yourself and, and know the game before you get into it. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. Alex, All right. You were amazing. I oh. hope that everybody at home... Appreciated what we uh, what we dished out today. Remember, cash flow is always king, but sometimes you got to listen to the queen and listen to some patience. That's where I guess in this scenario, that's the analogy I can use. I know you always appreciate those, Alex. But for Alex, for everyone here at Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, listen, we thank you for tuning into this broadcast. Make sure you're checking out all of the other broadcasts that we have on Spreaker.com. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Podcasts. Uh, type in DHRE or Deacon Hoover into any podcasting uh, service. You should be able to find all of our listings there. Uh, social media, like us, follow us, do all the creepy things on Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, all of those kinds of deals. And guys, for Alex and everyone else here at DHRE, I thank you. I am Adam, and we will see you next time.